0: Welcome to Inside the Barn, I'm Sam Obermeyer. Today I'm honored to be joined by Tyler McGregor. Tyler was an OHL prospect when a broken leg led doctors to find he had spindle cell sarcoma. In order to stop the cancer from spreading, Tyler's left leg had to be amputated. Determined not to let that be the end of playing the sport he loves, Tyler took up sledge hockey where he's been able to live out his dreams. A two-time world champion, Tyler won a bronze medal at the 2014 Paralympics and a silver at the 2018 Paralympics. In 2019, Tyler was named captain of Kansas para-hockey team and will lead the team into the 2022 Games in Beijing. Even with all his success on the ice, Tyler is focused on giving back, and last month raised over $30,000 from the Terry Fox Foundation by skating 25 kilometers straight in his sled. February 21st, almost two weeks ago, you skated 25 kilometers in your sled. You raised over $30,000 for Terry Fox Foundation. Uh, Have you recovered?
1: I think at this point, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, It it did take a few days. I I know my body was pretty sore afterwards, um, especially like my shoulders, my forearms. Um, And so I would say, you know, that was probably the toughest part was just like kind of fighting um, that muscle fatigue as the as uh, the the distance went on. But I think, you know, after a couple of weeks um, or close to a couple of weeks, I'm, I'm finally recovered and and feeling better.
0: What was the most, did you, I imagine you trained, did you have like, how far had you gone in training in one time?
1: I actually hadn't really, I hadn't done specific training. Um, But I mean, we're on the ice all the time um, training like crazy And, and it's, you know, obviously applicable and to that distance. But, um, but at the same time, like when you, when you train for hockey, you're kind of training for short bursts of energy. Um, Not, not that long, uh, those long distances. So um, that was significantly different, but I would say I, you know, the, the pandemic kind of offered me an opportunity to, to, you know, implement a little bit more uh, preparation to, to doing that skate but but certainly uh you know didn't do much specific training
0: and people way smarter than me apparently have, have done the math an average game a player skates about eight kilometers so you think that's over two 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 and a half hours of breaks in between so i think that puts in perspective what you did you, you raised over thirty thousand dollars were you ha- happy with the outcome
1: honestly amazed uh like very very pleased and happy and and so fortunate that that we had so much support and and yeah so so very happy with the outcome um amazed at how quickly it came together um because uh, you know i mean here in ontario at least we we've kind of been back and forth on on restrictions and and so really we didn't find out didn't get final confirmation until um about 10 days before that, that event, whether or not it was going to happen. And so we were very lucky to have some, you know, some support from some corporate support, media support, um, individual family team, et cetera. But we really officially announced and launched the event eight days before it happened. And so I was kind of panicking at that point because we had set this ambitious goal with the expectation that we'd, you know, make an announcement like last year. Or, or early in the new year and have all this time to fundraise money. And it just didn't work out like that. And so I think, you know, myself and, and, and everyone who, who helped make this happen, we were absolutely blown away just watching, you know, watching the donation page climb every single day um, from, from people that we knew um, and even, you know, complete strangers from, from all over the place, it, it's just cool um, how people come together on, on many different things. And, um, this was one that, that I was kind of just able to watch and, and yeah, so very pleased with, with how it went.
0: What obviously there's Terry Fox runs all over the place. Um, but what inspired you to kind of attempt to do this different venture version of it maybe?
1: Yeah, I, I think a combination of a couple things. Um, this year has offered, you know, kind of a break in, in the hockey schedule really where, you know, I've had time to, to focus on other things and, and we haven't been traveling, Um, we've been training, but, but the travel schedule is certainly a lot less than it has been, Um, you know, we haven't been kind of on the road as a, as a team in, in close to 12 months. And so, um, as I said, I, I, would had more time to, to plan and prepare a little bit. And for me, it was about the, you know, I've always been passionate about the Terry Fox foundation. He's someone that's, that's special to me personally. He's a special, um, person, you know, especially in Canada, but even around the world in terms of what he's done for cancer research. And, and so how this event came to be was that, you know, obviously I'm passionate about hockey and, and the Terry Fox foundation. And so. Uh, my manager Brandon and I were just having conversations about how we could support, and um, I think I'm a little more attuned to to skating a trail than I am running. Um, and not to say I can't, but but it's something that that I do a little bit more often. And so, um, you know, it was kind of just about aligning two passions, and um, and then you know, really from there, it was about deciding on the distance. Um, wanted it to be something challenging, uh, something that was, was difficult and, and attracting to, you know, to people who, who maybe like to support. And so I think it was a great start for year one and and definitely excited, uh, to build off it.
0: What do you, what do you have in visions, goals down the road of what you want this to turn into?
1: Yeah. Uh, many different things. Um, I know the one thing that, it's kind of an easy implementation in terms of uh, how we move forward. And, um, Terry Fox used to do, used to run 42 kilometers a day. And so, um, you know, now that I've kind of done 25 and and felt what that was like, um, next year, I'm going to do 42. I'm going to match his number. Um, certainly can do that and want to, you know, continue to push the envelope in terms of how challenging and, and how big the event is. Um, and then, you know, from there it's, there's other ideas, like I'm just excited to have people there next year. I, I think that'll be be awesome. Certainly missed uh, having the opportunity to do that. And so friends, family, my hockey team, um, corporate supporters, et cetera, media, like just excited. You know, there's so many different things, ways to incorporate that and, and just build some buzz around the event like that. Um, I want to, you know, kind of, kind of create a weekend event out of it, ideally. And, you know, could have a, a a sledge hockey game or a pair of hockey game that that kind of helps fundraise money in some some capacity as well. Um, but yeah, I think uh, those are kind of early ideas, and and now it's just luckily we have a, a year of, of preparation before that happens. But hopefully, uh, hopefully we can. Create something cool uh, in years to come.
0: Yeah, it sounds amazing, and I think everyone is looking forward to doing things. We can get together again for whatever you know, new causes, old causes. I think I'm just missing people. If yeah. before we get too far away, um, people want to donate, can they still?
1: Yes, absolutely. So um, we we wanted to get a final number for the first year's um, fundraising. Uh, but the donation page is going to stay live because it's going to be a, an ongoing event and, um, and we've established a really great relationship with the Terry Fox foundation. And so, you know, as I, I was just talking about building on future ideas and I think there's so many different possibilities that, that we can do. Um, and so like, we just wanted to, to leave that open and, and make sure, um, you know, people can always donate and, and know that it's going to be an ongoing an ongoing um,
0: relationship and, and event. And we can, I'll link to the page in the description. So if people are listening, they can go find it there. Um, you kind of touched on this, but you were impressed by the people who came together and kind of donate you for the community. What do you, what's been the community support for you, both for this and just in general in your hockey career? it's
1: been absolutely incredible. Um, and it really has, it's been mind blowing really because, uh, so I grew up in a small town, um, forest Ontario is my hometown. And so it's a town of about 2,500 people. And so when I was, when I was diagnosed with cancer and when I found out I was going to lose my leg, the, you know, my hometown was just absolutely incredible. My high school started launched this campaign that, that they, you know, they started to to raise money and and awareness and and uh, and support for me during a tough time. Um, so many other examples, like literally the the storefronts in in Forest have were all painted and decorated when at both Paralympic Games that I've been to, um, and people, you know, the the theater would would live stream our games. So they'd open in the middle of the night so people could go watch. Um, so just things like that are, are incredible. And then, you know, this past week, uh, geez, like so many people sharing donating that, you know, that I haven't spoken to, um, directly, you know, some, some of close friends, some, uh, I haven't spoken to directly in quite a while, but you know, like the support is just so incredible and it's, it, it's been so consistent with, um, you know, both at, both during hard times and good times in my life. And I think that's such a testament to, to the community within, you know, both, you know, both my hometown, but also specifically in hockey. And just to, to touch on that, like, I remember again, going back to, to when I had cancer, like the the hockey community is, you know, one of the most special communities to be a part of because it's so close and there's just something about, how people rally together, um, in, you know, whether it's challenging circumstances or maybe, maybe good ones as well. Um, but you know, when I had cancer, there was multiple, multiple hockey teams, my current team at the time, but opponents in the league, um, entire teams that came into the hospital to visit and, and show support. And, you know, my team came, they shaved their head knowing I was going to lose my hair, um, got me a bunch of gifts, like, just a, like a couple examples of how incredibly supportive and and uh connected the hockey community is
0: was that maybe something you know when you realized you might not be able to play or you didn't you know after the cancer and losing your leg was it something you were afraid you were going to lose
1: certainly yeah i i, I think that was you you know, outside of losing the game itself, uh, I I think the best thing about hockey and sport and really life in general is the people you, you, you surround yourself with and, and that you get to spend your time with. And, you know, I can confidently say that, um, when this, you know, when my career is done, that's what I'm going to miss the most. And, um, Yeah, I I certainly was scared of losing that. And I I was also, you know, I remember being a 15, 16 year old kid when I thought my career was done. And then I I started to transition back. And one of the things that I was most scared of was thinking that my teammates and my friends, um, you know, now that I wasn't going to be able to play at the same level as them, I was, I was insecure of, you know, losing that losing their, their trust and their um, admiration, I guess I, I you know, I, I don't know how to describe it necessarily, but I, I was scared that they wouldn't view me in the same light as this high performance hockey player. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, that, that was obviously very wrong, but those were very real thoughts that I had as, as a teenage kid who, you know, just wanted to, to play hockey.
0: Yeah. It's um, you viewed yourself more as a hockey player where they viewed you as Tyler, the person, and that's who they were friends to. And I, I, I think you're dead on in that more than anything, I think what sports does is it, it's the community and whether you're a player or you're a fan, you know, it's even like, I know during all this, like friends and are, it's like, how much of what we did was just getting together to watch game, you know, like community yeah. kind of like that. So that had been hard finding sledge hockey and that that team and now you're with the national team but that has to give you a community too of obviously everyone's story is different you know i think that's with anything medical physical mental it's you all have different stories but yet you share something in common that that group has to help you a lot too
1: oh it's it's changed my life um Honestly, my my teammates are are such an inspiration to me. Um, and finding sledge hockey was by far the the best thing that's ever happened in my life. Because really, like as you as you touched on, everybody has unique unique stories on our team, um, but we've all overcome something, you know, pretty pretty life changing. And and others were. You know, others on our team were born with, with disabilities. And, um, but I think the, you know, what's amazing about our team and what's, what I find so inspiring uh, about my teammates is, you know, they, despite all those circumstances and, and those challenges, there's, there was this determination and this discipline to just continue to pursue and, try to accomplish every goal that they had set out for them. And, and just, you know, there was, there's never any, any complaint. It's always just, how do I find a way forward? And, and, you know, so like that example is so present on our team and, and I find it so inspiring because we've had, you know, we've had guys who've served in the military and, and others who have also lost limbs to cancer or in car accidents. and, you know, like you can just go down the line and, and every guy's story is so unique and so absolutely incredible. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, we're so close because, you know, we can all relate to certain experiences and, and you know, the different challenges that we have to deal with day to day. But we're also just so closely connected on, we all have the same goal. And that is our, our primary focus. And um, man, I'm, I'm so fortunate to be surrounded by such great people and teammates who, you know, forget about the results. Like for the rest of my life, I'm I'm so grateful that I've had the opportunity to to meet them, to play with them, to, you know, to, to go through life with them. Um, yeah, it's been incredible.
0: You can tell what they mean to you. So, what what did it mean that you were named the captain of that team?
1: Honestly, it's you know, it's it's pretty crazy to think about. It's it, it's been such an honor, um, just to in so many different ways as well. For for one, just to you know, know that people respect you and, and, you know, think of you in that light. And, and I think, you know, I'm a, i am a, tend to think I'm like a pretty humble, um, small town kid. And so, uh, it's, it, it was shocking for sure. Um, you know, I'm very proud and, and honored to, to carry that role. And I think, you know, there's so much responsibility that comes with it that I don't, I don't hold lightly. Um, and I was very fortunate to learn again, you know, from, from another amazing teammate of mine who, who was our previous captain and in what that role entails and how you have to carry yourself. And, um, and it becomes so much more than, than just you. Um, and I've, I've honestly loved that so much and and it's been a, a learning process, but, um, there's been so much growth and so much learning, um, in that in the past year and a half, two years, uh, both about myself and about other people, um, and and the interconnectedness of of a team, um, and it, it's been it truly has been awesome. But um, yeah, it's been such an honor, and and honestly, still shocking, um, because I mean when I was when I was a young kid, I, I mean, I I used to dream of being a captain of team Canada. The the guys that, that uh, inspired me and I looked up to, that's who they were, you know, and it's, it's wild.
0: (laughs) Do you, I think we saw this kind of with doing your skate, but do you realize the impact that you're seeing you can have? It seems like it's important to you to have, obviously talk about your team, but the inspiration you can be to other people, whether, you know, they've lost limbs, whether they're, you know, cancer survivors or just whatever they're going through that you can be that for them.
1: Absolutely. Um, and that's becoming more and more important to, to me as well It's like, you know, I think it's so absolutely important in, in whatever conversation we're having, right. Like if it's, if it's about sledge hockey and, and so therefore the Paralympics, Um, people living with a disability or without a disability whether it's gender race um, sexuality etc whatever conversation it is um, all these conversations that are currently happening in the world happening in the world right now and they're all very important and so just from our perspective what I think about a lot is you know I I might get this quote wrong but there's a quote that says if you can't see it you can't be it and so I think it's especially important because, you know, young kids with boy or girl with living with the disability, as you said, missing a, a limb, maybe they're in a wheelchair, whatever it is, um, I'm starting to really value that so much more and, in, in, you know, kind of trying to be that that inspiration, some someone that they can look up to, someone that they can see themselves in in, in 10, 15, 20 years when they're an adult. Um, because, you know, that visibility and that representation is important. Um, And, you know, maybe, you know, myself or my teammates, we can be that, that guiding light and that inspiration for, for those young kids. And and quite honestly, like when, when I was a young kid, there was no, there was no Paralympic athlete, um, you know, visible at that level that, that I would have been able to look up to. And and so it doesn't even necessarily have to be a, a a kid missing a a limb or in a wheelchair. Like maybe, maybe there's able-bodied kids that would draw so much inspiration from all these Paralympic athletes. Um, and and so, yeah, I, I, I think that's so important to me. One of my favorite things to do is, you know, try to, try to integrate myself into the community, um, with, Grass, grassroots sports and, and particularly sledge hockey. Um, but, you know, I, I think even just, you know, as an adult, it's refreshing to to be around kids when they're in their element and the the passion for the game at that time in their lives is so pure. Um, you know, I, I think you, it reminds you of, of why you love
0: it. Are there things I guess with sledge hockey, but are there, are there things that local rinks or people in the game can do to maybe make it more accessible? Well, there are bigger adjustments for sure in
1: that need to be done in rinks. Um, and they're, they're kind of, you know, I wouldn't be able to put a dollar figure on it, but they are bigger uh, projects and renovations to undertake in terms of, um, making the, uh, the boards, um, see through, um, and then, you know, just making sure that, that the ice is kind of, you know, how they, they typically have a little step up that most mm-hmm. rinks are, are starting to knock that out and kind of put plastic ice. Um, so it's easier to, to transition on and off, whether you're, you're getting on the ice or, changing from the bench or the box. Um, in terms of, you know, what small changes, um, I mean, truthfully, the thing is, it's mostly just about accessibility in terms of, uh, I think one of our challenges is many rinks don't have that. So I think probably one of the, the big things is just um, transitioning from off the ice onto the ice. Uh, and so I think that can just be done um, you know, mostly just with with ramps, even a lot of a lot of arenas do fake ice. Um, but I mean, I, I'm not sure if that answers your question, but um, the, the good thing is what I will say is like. There is so many more arenas now that are truly accessible that we can play them without any any issues, um, you know, both in Canada, U.S., even around the world, that uh, you know, even five, six, seven. When I started this sport, um, like it was nowhere near close to that many. Um, like we we would typically play in pretty old arenas.
0: We're a year out, I think, right now. From a year out from the Paralympics, obviously, we still don't know what's going to happen with Tokyo in the summer, but. What are your thoughts a year from now? What, what are you hoping? What, what are you thinking about Beijing?
1: Oh, I, well, I mean, I'm confident that they're going to go ahead. Um, honestly, so excited because we've been, a, we've been away for comp- from competition for, geez, 13 months now, 14 maybe. Um, and as a competitive athlete like you miss that that competitiveness so much like and even more so now like we're we've been practicing it for for about eight months straight now or yeah seven eight months and I mean at this point I'm I love my teammates but I'm getting tired of competing against them uh, I'm, I'm ready to play the U.S. I'm ready to play Russia you know compete against some other teams um but honestly like the games in it in themselves are so special as it is but just thinking about you know what these will mean and and how how much we've had to adapt over the past year to continue to prepare um I I think it's been you know pretty awesome as challenging as it has been I think that's something that that you can look back on when when you're there and and just reflect and think like yeah I'm proud of that like I'm I truly am proud of how our team has been resilient and and adapted and overcame Um, like you know doing zoom workouts doing whatever like long list of stuff Um, but like those are all things that that I'm even thinking about now but um, you know, as we move into Beijing and hopefully get to do some more normal training, um, you know, I think, like, the next year is just going to be so much fun. Um, and, and truthfully, like, that's, that is what, what is most important right now and, and what, you know, how I'm trying to frame it is just to, to truly enjoy the process of having the, the chance to go to another Paralympics Um, sometimes kind of easy to forget how special that that really is Um, but the pandemic has has taught me how much I love and miss the game and I think Beijing will be a chance to celebrate
0: that yeah I think I think that's for everyone that they've learned what they really appreciate that you've been to two previous Paralympics and you kind of talked about this earlier with your team but that just has to be inspiring just to see all the other athletes. I don't know how much you get to watch when you're there, but just to be around them in the village and stuff.
1: It it, it really is. It, and there's such a buzz um, throughout the course of the games, like both athletes, fans, volunteers, like everything. Um, and it's so – I wish I could just like bottle it up and, and remember it. Uh, because like, you know, in Sochi, I was so young, uh, Pyeongchang. I remember a lot better in 2018, I was a little older, a little bit more mature more present, but yeah, like it's, it is so inspiring to be surrounded by people from all over the world, um, who are the best at what they do and, and prepare for years at a time for that two week window. Um, and actually for, for others, you know, sometimes that's only, <laughs> that's only one event, um, depending on what sport you're, you're at. And so, um, we did have the opportunity to, to watch quite a few events in, in Sochi, uh, the way, the way the, the village and the, all the events were kind of scattered around in South Korea. Uh, we didn't have a chance to, to see as much live, but, um, you know, hopefully, that, hopefully that's different in Beijing because, you know, I remember Sochi and like being being a fan at the games, is it's wild. Um, and so, you know, I want to experience, I mean, I, I love experiencing it as an athlete, but I also kind of enjoy like, you know, taking a step back from that and flipping reversing roles and just enjoying it as a fan because it, it truly is a special event
0: when you're done and retired a decade from now, that'll be a fun trip to wherever they're yeah. going. Um,
1: yeah. I hope everybody has a, a chance to experience the Paralympics or the Olympics someday. Cause it's, it, it's hard to describe. It's just, it's so electric for two weeks. There's just this buzz that, that you can just feel and, and can't put a finger on it.
0: I'll get you out of here on this. You mentioned, Earlier you're from Forest, Ontario. And I was reading an article you wrote for, I think, on the Hacky Canada website back in December. And you were describing the rink that was near your house as a kid. This this place sounded amazing to me. Can you tell, tell me about it?
1: Oh man, it it really is. Um, and I wish it was still I wish it was still operational. I mean, it's still, it's used as a, a storage facility now, but it, it was four, like 400 meters from my house. So, um, so close. I mean, when I wasn't playing there, uh, my dad's a rink rat as well. And I, I learned that from him. So, um, we would literally be down there all day, all night. Um, when we weren't there, I was on the backyard rink. Um, uh, but what was special about that is like forest is a really small town. It was this arena is so old. It's the old forest arena. Um, we had a. Actually, we had a. We were the only rink in Canada that had a at the time before it closed that had a, a tractor as a zamboni. It was an old Kubota tractor, um, and when and we hosted international Silver Stick every year. Um, and so when one of the forest teams was playing, whether that was in Silver Stick or or in playoffs, the it would just be packed, and it was, it was so awesome because the glass was so low on, on on each end of the rink. Corners were square. It was like, I mean, the width of the ice must have been like 80 feet. It was the smallest rink in the world. And uh, But the thing is, the glass was so low, so when people packed in there, you could just hang over it and it sat loosely and you could just shake it. And it would get so loud and you could just you know, people would just hang over when the, when Forrest scored, it would just go banana lands. Um, I I miss that place a lot, Uh, both, you know, both being a a player and playing in that environment and, and watching, um, you know, other hometown teams, like that's kind of one of the many places where, you know, I think like my passion for this sport truly came to be.
0: That sounds amazing, and I'm sad it's no longer in existence. So I'd love to go check that uh, yeah. place out. You, you mentioned your dad was he the one who kind of got you into hockey? Yeah,
1: yeah, he he certainly was, and yeah, my my dad is is a, as I said a rink rat, and like loves the game as much as anybody. Um, and then and then my mom. My mom loves me as a as a hockey player. She she's a hockey fan, but she, you know, if I if I decided to to go to school or or you know, be whatever, she she would love me as that.
0: <laughs> Have you got your dad in a sled?
1: Actually, you know what? Surprisingly, um, I haven't yet, because I've been living away from home for close to nine years Um, and I actually have I have four you know through my job um, I have access to about 40 sleds but they're all in in this area and then for whatever reason he's maybe he's getting old maybe he's just too lazy Uh, but actually I'm heading home this weekend Uh, so I'll bring it up to him because maybe he will
0: All right, Tyler, this has been great. Thank you so much. Um, Good luck with everything. I I hope maybe uh, you'll come back next year with the gold medal.
1: I I hope so. I hope so. But thank you very much for having me. I appreciate this a lot.
0: Thanks again to Tyler for joining us today. A reminder if you'd like to donate to Tyler's efforts to support the Terry Fox Foundation, there's a link in the episode description. You can listen and subscribe to Inside the Barn on Apple, Spotify, and Google. And you can follow and send me any feedback on Twitter at Sam Ober. Thanks for joining us.